Well, hello and welcome to the We Localize podcast. We'll be talking all things multilingual localization, translation, technology, AI, machine learning, NLP, and much more, helped along by a wide variety of guests. I'm Louise Law, your host, and in this second podcast episode, I'm chatting with Olga Berigavaya, who is We Localize's VP of AI Innovation. Olga is a well-known figure in the world of language technology, AI, and data development, having worked in the industry for over 20 years. She has a master's degree in linguistics from St. Petersburg in Russia and UC Berkeley, and has been specializing in NLP, which is natural language processing, and language technology ever since. She's currently on the board of directors at Women in Localization, leading their technology initiatives, and she is also the former president of the Association of Machine Translation in the Americas and speaks regularly at leading conferences on topics like ethical AI and bias and the metaverse. And I think it's fair to say she's pretty visionary with that, with that long, long and glittering uh, introduction. And she's also mentored loads of people getting into the field of machine learning and, and AI and, and has helped them develop their careers. So Welcome, Olga, and thanks for joining us today from the West Coast of America. Thank you. Thanks, Louise, for having me. And it's really nice to speak to you. We know that AI and and overall tech enablement are no strangers to the language industry. And and AI, it's a hot topic that's talked about a lot. And we we chat regularly, Olga, I know, on the various ways we can use AI to help our global clients to, to grow globally and reach international audiences. And we know that AI is becoming really important in the overall localization and translation workflows. It can make workflows quicker, it can improve LQA, and we can also use AI to develop training data to power multilingual applications like chatbots and voice assistants, helping automated voice and text applications deal with people all over the world. But there's still a lack of knowledge and maybe direction in the field and how it's actually used in a commercial setting. So could you, to kick us off, do you think you could tell us how global brands and businesses can incorporate AI to transform their global and multilingual communication? Well, first of all, yeah, I completely agree with you on the buzzword subject. There's a lot of talk, right? Every every conversation, every conference inevitably talks about AI, right? And uh, it is very important to unpack the buzzword and separate it from, okay, what can actually be done and where your organization will actually benefit from it, from AI. The organization will not benefit from implementing AI randomly, right? Oh, this looks shiny. This looks interesting. Mm-hmm. This will optimize our processes by 25%. Let's plug it in. This uh, half-baked chatbot will help us with our customer interactions. First and foremost, it starts from strategy. Just like a couple of years ago, that was the same for machine translation. Machine translation, no silver bullet. Just plugging in, throwing in machine translation is not going for all content types, post editing, or even more so throwing in raw machine translation is not going to, to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. You need to yeah. have a clear content strategy and in this case, clear process strategy. And the same applies for AI. Sit down, identify your process gaps and see this is where human labor is too costly. And this is run some pilots, do some tests and see indeed implementing AI based processes do streamline our processes save us money. And this is where human work can be 
important, not replaced, but augmented by AI applications. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like the brands need to look at, you know, the AI headlines that we see in all, you know, online and the news, but then they need to look and think, oh, what's the strategy for my company? How's it going to benefit exactly. my business? What, what will benefit my business? And then when we say AI, there is AI as it applies to data analysis, right? right. AI as it applies to workflow optimization. AI as it applies to natural language processing. So let's not blend it all into a single bucket. Let us clearly separate the messages that we are being overwhelmed with. Now, at some point, you will be able to recognize the more AI information you're overwhelmed with, the easier it will be for you to separate them into buckets, right? Which bucket is am I being told about and see where it actually applies? Easier. The easiest is to maybe engage an external consultant who will help you with SEO strategy. But sure. most important strategy, understand clearly what the promise is, unpack this promise mm -hmm. and potentially start with trying it in your workflow and understand what the benefits will be. Start from benefits and ROI. That's my, that's my advice. Sure. And then there is this whole side of, and as I implemented, how do I remain ethical? How do I preserve my workers' yeah. emotional experience? Yeah. And how do I preserve, yeah. if it's AI automation of a physical process, how do I promote, uh, preserve my workers and end users' emotional and physical well-being? Yeah. So that's definitely a huge part of the deployment strategy. Yeah. That, that's a big topic and I'd probably like to invite you back on another episode <laughs> where we can really, really talk a little bit more about ethical AI and how that's really affecting today's world. I think that's really important. In addition to all the noise and people love to project what AI could do, but you're working, got your sleeves rolled up, you're, you're really deep in the weeds, working on a number of like, like quite significant AI implementations with these AI applications and, and all the data development and deployment that there's quite a few quite a few things that can go wrong aren't there it's not all just plain sailing do you want to give can you give us some insight on what could go wrong with some of these activities what can go wrong not what goes right I was just speaking about it at one of AI conferences and the team the team was the AI in this case the AI data development team they were our AIS services team to narrow it down a little bit. Our AI enablement team were extremely helpful pulling together actual real life examples of yeah. what can go wrong. <laughs> My opening line for the presentation was, you guys do it in English. You know how to break it in one language. We can actually, working between 525 translation directions, we can break it for you in 525 languages. But the good news is we can also fix it for you in 525 languages. But what can go wrong is a lot of times it's very similar to localization challenges when it comes to engineering. It's very similar and you can actually learn from internationalization practices. And that's where we add a lot of value because we come with 25 years of internationalization and globalization and global content engineering experiences and everything else like bi-directional languages. Do we know how to model in bi-directional languages? Yeah, we can guess, but it's got a double trouble because it's both data development and all the concerns around bi-directional languages, Japanese with four scripts, Japanese with four alphabets. Of course, yeah. Of everything course. else like Slavic languages, UTF-8 compliance. So all the engineering joys of 
languages other than English. So that, now, if you develop content for spoken modality, there is, you want your bot to understand your speakers, right? So that's right there. Your bot may not understand your speakers if you don't write for spoken language. Yeah. If you don't introduce slang, if you don't, like, what if the user says, hmm, haha, how do you, you need to be able to capture it in your data. Sure. So that can easily go wrong if not done. And a lot of other things we didn't even speak about until we got, got into AI data development. Now, if you go to the other side of our AI capabilities, for instance, us automating LQA process and us automating decision-making within Pantheon based on AI features, we rely on the prediction, but what if the prediction is not accurate? And mm -hmm. we already made a decision that this content should go into a certain workflow based on the prediction. So it's important that we fine tune the predictions until we can completely trust our model, what mm -hmm. content goes to a suboptimal workflow. So AI is, I wouldn't say it's in its infancy, but AI is definitely a young field. Yeah. Say it can go wrong when you rely on the model is not necessarily completely mature. Yeah. Or can go wrong when you have not in the data world, when things are not taken into consideration, which are inherent for languages other than English, and you just have not thought about them. Communication and languages, that they're constantly changing, constantly evolving, as you said before, you know, people use slang, people use different vocabulary. Um, and so the, the kind of the AI applications need to be continually keeping up to speed with that, which it's, it's almost like a moving target, really, isn't it? It is a moving target. And it's also a lot of knowledge one needs to have around all the languages, for instance, that are being yeah. commissioned for us for both data development and languages for which we want to optimize the LQA process and reduce yeah. the LQA process where it's not necessary. Or work, for instance, with edit distance where we can shrink different steps or eliminate different steps where we see that edit distance does not, different process steps just do not add any value. But yeah. again, we rely on automation and automation can sometimes be wrong. So we can say it's 75% accurate and 25% we just put our trust into it, not necessarily knowing whether it's right or wrong. So there are a lot of things that can go wrong, but there are a lot of things can go right. So it's our decision. Where do we set the threshold? And sure. where do we say we trust automation, yeah. we trust AI, but that was the same with early adoption of any kind of NLP of course, or, of course. or any kind of applications. Yeah. What can go wrong, I think, is one of our favorite topics because <laughs> as we go backwards from, okay, this went wrong, we are not about talk, we're about action. This yeah. can go wrong, let's work backwards from yeah, it. Yeah, we can fix it. It's a good topic to talk about what can go wrong and, you know, you move forward. It's like life, you move forward and learn from those mistakes, don't you? I know you're, one of the areas that I want, wanted to talk about was you're, you're really keen on mentoring new talent and talent that, that feel that they have a calling towards like NLP and AI. And I know your team, you're really good at identifying talent and helping them move into these areas and, and mentor them. And I love the fact that the We Localize, you know, your We Localize team has, has really evolved and houses, you know, a growing number of machine learning engineers and AI and NLP specialists. And I think this reflects just how we're working with global brands and the fact that they're using technology more particularly in their language and localization programs, just to, to kind of manage better, do things better, faster and smarter. You know, they're looking to technology and data management to help create better brand experiences. 
I think if there was if there's one thing that companies can do to get started, what would be your one piece of advice? So that's my first question. And then my second question would be if there was anybody who would be looking to get into the field of NLP and AI, what what do they need to do? So so what's the one thing companies can do to get started? I think it kind of go back to goes back to our initial question, right? How can the company best implement AI in their process? What can the companies do to best get started? And I'm pretty confident that, again, the company is just going in and saying, hey, tomorrow I am going to plug in AI in our processes. I think the best thing the companies can do is actually engage with trusted advisors like ourselves, trusted advisors and partners, identify, do a discovery share their gaps in their processes and say, this is where we spend too much money. This is where the manual part, the manual work is too high, too much. Yeah. And yeah. what can we do to automate it? Rather than finger in the sky, we've heard AI is good here. And we've yeah. seen <laughs> yeah. examples like this, that would not work, but really bring in a team of SMEs, solution architects, just for a single discovery session. Sure. And just offload their, okay, here are our griefs and concerns and, and gaps. And here, this is where we believe AI can help. Yeah. And just hear from that, like, okay, and just dissect their areas. Okay, this is what's going on within our business. This is what our, bring in different stakeholders. Like, this is what we've done recently. Here is HR, for instance. Who would have known that digital HR is actually looking for automation? And HR enabled automation. So here is HR, here is sales, here is support, here is dev. There wouldn't even be that many people in the room, like the starting point, that many people in the room. And just interview them and talk to them about the gaps and what can potentially be optimized, which would not be very different from any other automation discovery. And just listen to the SMEs and see, hey guys, this is what we could actually do for you. Yeah, listen yeah. to the listen to their problems, listen to their spend and see, okay, look at the current tech stack and see, okay, this is where AI would be of great help. And maybe they would already, like they've heard it somewhere, they've listened to webinars and podcasts, listen to the customer and propose our solutions. And maybe they already have ideas and possibly they already have some AI implementation on site, then we can compare notes and see, okay, here is, say, your monolingual AI, and this is where we can help you make it multilingual. Like, for instance, it is quite often often that they have a monolingual chatbot. Hey, here is your monolingual chatbot, but uh, you guys are present in multiple markets. Let us help you go multilingual. It depends on the company's level of maturity and starting point. But what we have learned over the years, actually, the best conversation is had when we're all in the room and we're having a discovery session. So, Olga, just on to the second part of that question. If there was, if there are people, talent out there who are quite keen to get into the whole AI, NLP and machine learning field, what advice would you do to, to help them boost their careers? We at Wolocalize have seen quite a few success cases where a translator entering at the time a machine translation team was actually just learning at the job, Mm -hmm. entering at a more junior level as a coordinator and eventually growing into a program manager, trainer, knowing all the intricacies of machine translator as a user. So my advice 
no matter where you are, like say you are a project manager, say you are a in your translator career, and we have had people coming from all ways of life and localization. The easiest way, as we have learned it, is just being in the field, reaching out to the team yeah. that is working in NLP, AI, machine translation, and just applying for a more junior role. Yes, you are taking a step back in your career, but you are joining a new team with an expectation of applying what you already know from the industry and learning a new skill from the team that mm -hmm. you're joining. Mm -hmm. So that would be my first advice. Say you are already in the industry. Obviously, if you are coming with a degree in, a, in computational linguistics, data science, if you already have some knowledge of the industry, again, what we have seen and what I have seen that has worked miracles is join as an intern. Join yeah, as an intern absolutely. while you're still at school. Say yeah. you are in graduate school. In graduate school, see if you join as an intern and see if your team collaborates with you on your master's thesis or on your PhD thesis. And if you take your work material as a material for your dissertation, you are already a part of the team. The, the data from the team and the materials from your day-to-day -day are already a part of your a part of your learning experience, a part of your part of your dissertation. So you're already an organic part of the team. And the team is very keen on having you around because you have the knowledge and you have the academic knowledge. So you are entering from the academic background into the commercial enterprise field. So that's another way of entering the field. You are in computer science. All the NLP R&D teams are generally, in my experience, hungry for solid backend engineers who actually stitch all the NLP applications together. So being a, being a software engineer, you actually enter the field with software knowledge without NLP knowledge. And then through taking classes, through day-to-day, -day, you actually build up your NLP machine learning AI expertise. So there are multiple ways, multiple angles. You always bring something to the table and the team is always willing to teach you because there is always something the team will see in you, whether it's multilingual expertise, post-editing expertise, computer science expertise, or you are in, in school, but you have recent academic knowledge. What's also beautiful about recent graduates, whether it's bachelor's or master's, you guys know something we don't know because we've been in the field for too long and you know <laughs> all the latest and we don't. There's a lot of opportunity out there. So, you know, I think it's a, a, it's a healthy field to get into, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. And when my friends whose kids are starting college now, when they ask, my child is interested in computer science yeah. or my child is interested in languages and what should they study? I always say, well, hey, how about we go into machine learning and AI? And obviously what I recommend is, and if at some point they decide to specialize in NLP, that's definitely the hardest field right now. What's the future though? Yeah, it is. It is, cool. it is. 
brilliant. Oh, well, Olga, it's been really, really good, as always, to, to chat to you. And thank you so much for joining us. And I'll, I'm sure I'll be inviting you back to, to kind of do more of a deep dive on some of the to topics that we've touched on today. So thanks very much for joining us. And thanks again for having me.